Welcome to today's podcast. We have with us Angela and Charity, and we are going to be talking about using our words wisely in this world of vitriol and hate where there is so much incivility, where people are slamming each other and yelling at each other for the most ridiculous things usually. We felt the importance of truly using your words wisely. And Angela is going to start us with a story, something that she's experienced in her life. Usually we're around the people most dear to us and use harsh words towards them. And so my personal experience has been with my husband. We've been married about 16 years. We have four children. And... My husband is hearing impaired. He wears hearing aids, and without them he hears nothing. So even with his hearing aids, there's still, I have to be loud or catch his attention. I find that if I have to repeat myself, I'm kind in my voice the first time, and sometimes that second or third time I can become irritated. And I find that he can't hear if I'm irritated, so I can add a little tone that's undetectable to him, but my children picked up on my aggravation as I had to repeat myself, asking to catch his attention. So, as I was reading in James, I was reading in James chapter 3, verse 5, that says, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the image of a fire to me, even a small fire, can create heat, tension, discord, harm, burns. And so I wanted to correct what I was putting in my tone of voice. As I changed my tone of voice to continuously be kind, even though I had to repeat myself several times, always do, will forever have to, that it changed how my children also speak to each other and to their father, and it changed the feeling in our home. That really made me ponder more in James chapter 3 because it goes on to say, I'm going to skip around a little bit, but in verse 1 it says that if we are able to bridle the tongue, then we can bridle the whole body. And then in verse 3 and 4, it gives examples of how that's done. It says, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Truly, when we can correct the way we speak, and speak with kindness and civility and be respectful, then we can become a better person in so many other areas of our lives. The way we speak affects our thoughts, the emotions that people see exuding from us, and the best place to practice is at home because those are the people that usually we can offend the most quickly since we know every button to push. So, <laughs> Exactly. You know what? It makes me think of Abraham Lincoln, how often instead of using sharp words, he would write letters. He would write letters to people that he was upset with, and then he would never send them. He only sent, I believe, one, and he regretted that one that he sent. But after his death, they found many a letter where he expressed his frustrations 
And then he was able to use his words more wisely. And I have tried this practice recently and it's a really healthy thing. Otherwise, I keep the frustration inside of myself and I'm shorter in my words, especially with anyone I work with. I find myself apologizing a lot more. And I think there are, don't you think, better options instead, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, sometimes we're also, we may learn the best by being silent. The scriptures, how often was the Savior very, you know, pointedly asked questions that were leading or misguiding, and he chooses to be silent. So my own personal experience, really James 3 kind of affected my life because I studied and pondered it a lot and then felt like I needed to make a long-term commitment to God that I would bind my tongue. And so my practice began, if I do not have something uplifting and positive to say, there's no reason for me to repeat it at all. And I could actually repeat it just to God. He can hear that and it can be removed from my thoughts because I told him about it and no one else needs to know about it. And so silence became a really useful gift. And I didn't use that vengefully like the silent treatment. It was just I chose not to say words that would be unkind. Sometimes, even with my kids, I could be accusatory or something. But instead, I could rephrase what my point was with them and use a question. Oh, the room's not clean. I wonder who is supposed to do it. <laughs> and then I'm not accusing anyone. It gives them a chance to think and process. Oh, that's right. Oh, I was, I was supposed to do that. Or even, you know, with my spouse, just speaking in ways that are kind and peaceable. The Savior does that so, so many times in the scriptures. We have endless examples to reference. Yes, I'm thinking yesterday I was feeling frustrated about some situations I was dealing with and I was out pruning our roses. I remember saying, okay, sometimes what I'll do is I'll literally, if I've got thoughts that I don't want to become words, I'll look at them as little canoes passing by and I can choose whether or not I pick up that thought. And I was trying really hard not to pick up some thoughts because I knew often if I keep the thoughts, they come out of my mouth. I remember literally saying, please help me to just let go. Just help me to let go. And all of a sudden, that rose bush started pricking me all over. I was so beat up on my fingers that are pretty sensitive. Their nerves are closer to the surface. And it was amazing because all of those thoughts left. And so, therefore, they did not come out of my mouth later. And I, I thought, okay, I got to find a more effective way. But... It worked. It really, really worked. The thoughts left, which had caused the frustration, which I would have brought back inside and verbalized. And so, again, just like you said, Angela, changing your words around to asking a question or distracting ourselves. I don't recommend thorns. Um, or deliberately choosing and I guess it's more of an and, deliberately choosing our words wisely. Benjamin Franklin was able to get so much done in France because he was wise in his verbiage. He always thought 
before he spoke. And some people loved him and some people didn't, but the majority did. And George Washington, he was known as a man of few words, but when he spoke, people listened because again, he chose his words wisely. He was careful and he wasn't vitriolic. And I think as a world, we can do that. All we have to do is learn to, like you said, bridle our tongues. And if we can do that, we are stronger than any army. You know, it always takes practice and repetition to master something. And that's the same with mastering our mouth and the use of our tongue. One of my ways to, I don't know, process things or rejuvenate is to get out and go running or walking. And usually that's with other women. And we have plenty of small talk and discuss kids and frustrations and what's going on in life. But there's some friends that when I'm with them, you have to be careful because things turn into gossip. And others, I feel very safe around in sharing feelings of my heart. And so there's such a stark difference in those examples of where you feel safe to share things and where you don't, that as we internalize examples like that, that we can decide, oh, I want to be a safe place for people. I don't want to backlash on anyone. We should always be speaking positively and uplift others. And so if we can bridle our tongue, other people can trust us. We become a safe place because they know we speak kindly. Anything that they share with us is safe. And that creates just such neat bonds with those that you're around that they can feel your true desire to be a friend to them. I think that's developing the gift of charity when we use others' personal things they've shared with us in safe ways. Yes. John C. Maxwell talks about every person he would meet, he would find one positive thing to say about them. And I fail at that all the time. I try it, but I fail. But I have a friend who succeeds at it and the positivity in her life. And it's not that she has an easy life because she doesn't. She's going through some major trials right now. But choosing the words that she uses and to project positivity and still be real because we're not saying not to be real. Every one of us has challenges in our life. It's how we choose to use our words. And I love the thought of maybe I should try even harder to find something positive to say before I go into anything else. Well, and that leads us to the end of James. James 3.13, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show forth a good conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. And then to verse 17 it says, Let wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good works, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And these fruits of righteousness are sown in peace of them that make peace. Words have such power to create a space that is peaceful, inviting, calm, reassuring, and it doesn't only affect and change us because we are becoming 
a better person by guarding our words carefully, but it affects those around us. Words spread far. Oh, there's one other story I thought of. There's a man who his son had said some things in their small community that were untrue and those words went far and were hurtful. And so to teach this boy a lesson, he was pounding nails into a fence and every time something happened that he was speaking untruths that he would have to go pound this nail into a fence. And so soon enough, this boy has put quite a few nails into the fence. And then the father says, now I want you to remove them. And the lesson was, great, you said you're sorry, you've changed your ways, you're not speaking that way anymore, you're being honest and and true, but what's left in the fence were these holes that still need mending. So truly when we speak kindly, it can heal things, but it does take time. So being peaceful in our words is impactful. It is, and wouldn't you rather be able to have control over instead of letting the media control you hear these negativities and then you sit down and you spew them back out somewhere else and that's literally letting somebody else have control of your life is how i look at it where you yourself can choose i'm going to own this i am going to have control i am going to sometimes i have to put down my phone for a day so that i can reevaluate and kind of reset my own life and say, no, Charity, you have control of your life. You have control of your thoughts. You have control of your words. You do not have to take on all the negativity that's spewed out there. You can be this light or this spark or this firecracker by your own choice. And we have that. We have agency to choose how we are going to speak. And we have agency to choose how we will affect others. And the greatest way is often in our words. You just spoke of that spark and light. And here we've talked about fire and light in two different ways that we can choose to be light and it brings people truth or you can choose where that light can also burn someone and so isn't it amazing that we have the power of choice to make a difference just by our own dedication to what we know is right and guarding our tongue is correct and I love your thought on how you take the time to really is there something worth repeating from what we learned in the media and if not then no it doesn't go further from us right Right. So the question for everyone today is, do you use your words wisely? Are you going to continue or start to? Are you going to own your life? And are you going to make the difference in another's by, again, using your words wisely?